welcome to the Like a Bigfoot podcast number 26. And a few minutes ago, my wife was asking me if I had gotten to number 26 yet, which I thought was a weird question. And then she reminded me that my goal was to do this podcast for a year, which is approximately 52 weeks, and therefore 26 is exactly halfway. So we're happy to say that I'm halfway to my goal of consistently putting out a podcast episode every week for a year. Um, As of right now, I'm looking to continue this past a year because it's definitely bringing a lot to my life. And just one of many things it's brought to my life is being able to reconnect with old friends and just kind of selfishly having them talk to me for an hour. (laughs) So that brings us to to today's podcast guest, which is TJ Anderson. And... I knew TJ back when I lived in Des Moines, and we would hang out quite often in big social situations when there's probably 12 to 15 other people around. And in those situations, for whatever reason, I'm a self, self, uh, self-declared self introvert. And so in situations like that with a lot of people, I tend to not open up as much as I would one-on-one. So although TJ and I have been around each other a few times, we never really sat down and just one-on-one had a conversation. So kind of a cool thing the podcast has brought to my life. Now, TJ is on the podcast today because he has just finished writing a book called The Art of Health Hacking which is intended to help readers kind of optimize their life and find the path that suits them to become the best version of themselves possible. Which is the really exciting thing about the book, in my opinion. Um, It's the idea that it's not about the nitty-gritty science details of health hacking Rather, it's about how to guide you down the path to find the strategies, the routines, the habits that suit you best. So really, it's kind of a blueprint to help you start your journey into health and maintain that journey. So really cool idea. I am really excited for the book, but I haven't read it yet because TJ is now going through the crowdsourcing website called Publishizer.com, where if enough people show interest in the book or support his project, he will be teamed up with a publisher and then kind of have a normal book release from there. So if you listen to this conversation and you want to know how to help TJ out or you want to purchase the book, because essentially through the crowdsourcing, you actually buy the book, you can go to publishizer.com slash the dash art dash of 
dash health dash hacking. <laughs> or you can just check out the links uh, at the bottom of this post on our Facebook group, facebook.com slash like a Bigfoot or www.likeabigfoot.com. You can also support this show by going to SoundCloud and searching like a Bigfoot or subscribing on iTunes. All right, let's get right to our conversation with the author of The Art of Health Hacking, TJ Anderson. All right, here we go. We are, TJ and I are watching, well, he's watching Jaws, and I'm watching him watch Jaws, if you can believe this that. Is, this is true. <laughs> You're watching me watch Jaws, the original, the first one. The only good one, really. The second one's all right. It's different. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty powerful storyline, and just the old school nature of it, just like, you love that classic acting, and you're always on the edge of your edge of your seat, even though you know it's like gonna have an act. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I for, I totally forgot the scene where I think his name's Chief Brody. He's throwing the stuff in the water on the boat, and then all of a sudden, just silently, the shark appears, just for a second, and it's terrifying. And then it goes back under, and then he like stumbles back. And uh, into the cabin, he's just like, we need a bigger boat, which I know is the big famous quote, but. That's the famous line. That's the famous line. Need a... Yeah. Yeah. I think that scene actually might come up in the next 30 minutes. So when it does, maybe we'll have a little commercial break. There we go. <laughs> Until then, I need it, us to stay present uh, within this conversation <laughs> because. We could have a lot of fun with our distractions. <laughs> yes, exactly, man. Um, I wanted to talk to you because you are, or you have been writing this book for a couple of years now, um, and it's called The Art of Health Hacking, and I just wanted to hear all about it, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, thanks, man, for sure. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I haven't seen you in a while, and I'm excited to catch up on this call, and share about the book and, and that journey and what inspired it and what are kind of the main lessons of it and some of the stories in it. Um, yeah. cause there are crazy stories that I've lived over the last couple of years. Um, uh, but, not but, by choice. Yeah. But we, we, you, we have to tease the stories, right? Cause then exactly. you have to get the book. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have to get the book. Yeah. Open loop. No, honestly, like I'll, I'll share a few of the stories here today because I am a big fan of reading and taking in different messages in multiple times and multiple mediums uh, to have it really stick, especially if it's a really important message. Definitely. That to me falls under the conversation around how we uh, receive and take in uh, content in our world because as you can uh, possibly relate, like we've never had this much information overload ever. <laughs> That we know of. Yeah. So, well, and sometimes anyway. I need to hear it, like you said, multiple times from different angles. Well, and I'm a, I'm a teacher by trade. So obviously I know you kn about the audio learners, the visual, the kinesthetic, Dude. all that fun stuff. Dude. Totally. Yeah. It's the, the three types of learners, which is, it's, it's fascinating. And, and I'd love to jam on that with you actually here. Um, because, you know, part of, this idea of like improving health, um, which is, 
the book is focused on personal health optimization. As you so eloquently quoted, the title is yes. The Art of Health Hacking. There's a lot of like learning, yeah. <laughs> self-learning, and also self-teaching that goes into uh, what I've kind of coined uh, as like this health hacker approach and that I've developed in my own life and have kind of helped people in, in the process. So uh, I, I'd love to uh, we can we can share tidbits about our own work and research on the on this ball because because I, I have a lot of respect for you as a teacher, um, Chris, and and for the next generation to have positive mentors who know what they're doing and can um, really relate to kids and, and empower them as 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 you do is is quite quite respectable. Yeah, thanks, man. Um, the thing as a teacher that we always try to implement in our students is we want them to become lifelong learners where I'm, the status quo seems to be you get out of high school, you get into a job and you're kind of st- stuck in one little area, like a tiny area of all the information that's out there. And you, and you just decide that you're not going to learn anymore. You're not going to grow or evolve. Right. Trying to make a box. Yeah. Is that a box? It looks oh, more okay. like a heart, man, but I know it's a heart to Valentine's oh. Day. <laughs> um, Maybe that comes from my, my book cover. <laughs> oh, dude, sweet. That's an amazing book cover. Um, so the thing that's really impressive about you is that it seems like you're on this crazy quest all over the United States to just learn as much as you possibly can. No. <laughs> Totally, man. It is a crazy quest. Uh, that's a great way to put it, and and uh, to learn as much. Yeah, and I guess it all depends on what your definition of of, of learning is. Uh, I think you can fall into semantics, and you can also like on the other spectrum, like create clarity and what things mean for each other. And so, when you yes, like part of my interest in adventuring across the country these last couple of years, kind of vagabonding, but also like attending like some of the top, like next generation, like healthcare and biohacking sort of like health conferences that are out there. Um, been learning a lot, uh, but also like meeting people and like getting to know myself better in the process as I surround myself with more like-minded, like health conscious consumers and organizations, right? Uh, because for me, I'm interested both always simultaneously as like a consumer, like personally for my health optimization, as well as the, my work in the world, right? And learning what else is out there because as a, you know, my work is, in this book is not just my own personal health hacking adventures. Those are in there, but it's also about what I've learned as like a healthcare consultant and a clinical health coach. So it's, it's, I don't know. I've kind of. I, I feel like I kind of have an interesting, like, unique background at how we look at and relate to healthcare and self-care, um, that um, can be helpful for people. So, um, yeah, man, it, it, crazy quest is right, and and um, you know, I don't know the exact definition of quest, <laughs> uh, 
but it definitely it feels like a journey and an adventure. But yeah, the quest suggests it's like, does that mean like I'm learn, like looking for something? Like, it looks like you're the, looking for I'm, something, like optimal human health. <laughs> yeah, but it's all, yeah, it's almost like I'm unattached to exactly what I find. I have like an intention, but like yeah, I'm I'm looking for morsels that like bring me more love and peace and power and performance, which for us as a society to see mentally like like getting our health right as like a foundation so inside huge. of our life you know because it can give us freedom in so many other areas it gives you freedom it gives you confidence it teaches you discipline all that's so important um yeah. what what started you on this path like what made you interested in health sure i got into interested in the health about a year after college during college i was waking up around like my relationship with alcohol. I was on a, a committee at the University of Iowa uh, around the topic of um, students' relationship with alcohol. And I was also noticing that my body couldn't handle um, such copious amounts of alcohol and, and crappy eating. And so right after college, I started to experiment with cooking more and um, working out more. And, and so general, like, like health improvement and I also got into health coaching and fitness coaching simultaneously on the side and then kind of broke all in health and wellness with like a full-time job and a healthcare startup and then I got into modeling so so like that that health coaching fitness journey started and and then I had an opportunity to test out modeling um, which I thought could be a platform yeah to spread the mission of health and wellness was my intention. Um, but I, uh, and I did, and I had a lot of fun doing that. Um, you know, I, I led some online Facebook challenges, like, uh, the 30 day, no alcohol challenge and did an entrepreneur health coaching program virtually when I was in Miami, but I also like fell into ego of the fitness industry. I fell into ego with the modeling industry and had a lot of healing from those experiences. So, yeah. so um, can you, can you kind of dive into that experience? Cause I know you went to Miami, you were down there for a few months, right? Um, and then, yeah. Four months, four okay. Months. What, what were some positives? What were some negatives from that experience? Yeah, and, and I I look at all of it as quality learning experience. Um, some of the things that I learned throughout that process uh, were my, was my relationship to alcohol and how that correlated with my unconscious um, addiction towards um, kind of looking to have to do something extrinsically to, to get something intrinsically, like experience states of joy and pee and, and fun. Like I don't need alcohol to have fun was something that I, uh, helped, like I reframed after Miami. Uh, I mean, I got, I got super close with myself, man. Like yeah. I, I, I looked at myself every morning in the mirror and simultaneously was like, like judging myself for like, Oh, how can my six pack be stronger? How can I put on my mu- more muscle but keep fat down, um, while also trying to like love myself and appreciate myself and like connect in my eyes? And so like it was like, oh, dude, I was like on the edge. I was on the verge of like of of 
of how to like teeter tottering both sides and um anyways yeah, uh that seems like a very that seems like a very counterintuitive thing to be experiencing you know like yeah. one part of you is trying to do non-self-judgment but the other part of you is trying to get into the modeling community which is all kind of i mean you know better than i but kind of superficially based on looks right that's what you can get you in the door is is your look and yeah. and it's very superficial uh 100 and like you can't go um, into you can't go into yeah. a modeling gig and be like but i'm a nice guy too <laughs> yeah <laughs> no i i really i really just want you to like have a look at my heart. Yeah. Like I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a real good person. Like <laughs> please yeah. take me for this gig. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so man, I could yeah. see how that would just wear you out. And did you just eventually just realize that's not what you wanted to do? Um. Yes. So the way it ended, my intention was to only stay for four or so months. Okay. Um. And. You know, I had some like other unhealthy experiences um, throughout the modeling experience when uh, like just some people in the industry that I was like trying to network with and uh, just got into just some like sketchy situations that were not the, the best emotionally. But eventually they wanted to trip my agency, tried to send me um, to Asia after Miami. And I said, screw it. I'm going home to Iowa to unplug, get out of this industry and like get grounded and like slow down. And and that's when I started the 30 day no alcohol challenge. That's when I went to like uh, a heart opening ceremony led by a shaman and um, had a very beautiful evening um, that brought a lot of healing um, to me and, and uh, for being seen as more than my looks. Right, because I just spent four months being seen just as my looks, and someone told me that night at the ceremony that I was more than my looks, and she said it like twice, and it just like <laughs> unlocked everything. Yeah. Unlocked everything for me, you know, because I put so much weight into it. But I want to, I want to be clear in saying that like my adventures down there, like, like I don't regret anything, and I am super grateful for all the friends I met down there, all of the experiences. I mean, it was all good but the level of health and awareness is what grew from that and it wasn't just like emotionally uh and it wasn't just like the alcohol is also like my relationship with food and movement yeah um, i wasn't eating enough fat my i was eating um i was eating uh too much carbohydrates yep. for my for my brain and my blood sugar was all over the place and and so, and I was working out way too much. <laughs> I was like, I was an insanity group fitness instructor. Yeah. So here I am like, like doing two insanity workouts a day, like outside on the beach. It's like, <laughs> yeah, man, that's it's, crazy. So when you got back to Des Moines, is that when this, uh, book project started coming about? Yeah. So it was right after the heart opening ceremony. Honestly, I started writing. And there's a chapter in my book um, called Get Real with How You Feel. Yeah. It's create clarity, get real with how you feel. Great yeah, chapter name. Nice. <laughs> right? It rhymes. And, and I mean, let's be honest, it's kind of important if you want to feel and function at 
the highest level, like you need to get clear with how you feel. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, so, and then I just started writing and writing honestly has been like a part of my healing journey as well. Um, and, and so parts of this book stories in this book were not like start what started as like journal for me and have now become like great reflections of my own self reflecting on my life um, to like unlock freedom in a lot of areas, whether it's like relationship with family, like relationship with self, with like what is looked at as like failure versus like perfection and, and just like, uh, yeah, just like also like slowing down and like relationship with stress. It's just writing was really healing for me. And then I thought I had an idea for a book that like this was something different. I had a unique perspective and then I got into the biohacking space and someone turned me on to Bulletproof Coffee, uh, Ryan Tweet, who you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually and, haven't, they live, they, they literally live like 20 minutes away. Um, oh, you, you haven't met him yet? We keep meaning to <laughs> and then so just craziness of life happens and we, we uh, you know, haven't haven't ended up meeting meeting up at this point um what you're saying about writing though totally connects with what i know as a teacher if i'm trying to get my students to Mm. understand any topic and you're saying topics about yourself which is great um just having them sit down with a pad of paper and have to write about it it really clarifies it in their own mind and is really easy to tell if they actually understand a topic or they don't. And so I'm a big advocate of journaling just for exactly what you're saying. I mean, it clears up so many things in your life because you're forced to actually sit down, take five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever, and just think about your thoughts, which we don't always do because we can go all day long with distracting ourselves. I've done it so many times <laughs> where I wake up in the morning and I check my email or I put a podcast in and then I take the podcast out and I watch TV and then, you know, and then eventually it's the end of the day and you're like, holy crap, what just happened? <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah, man. It can, we can, we can, um, routines can be a good thing. Um, and they can also, if, left too unconscious um like take us out of the present exactly. you know like if we get stuck in this like hamster wheel of just doing the same thing over and over it which it, that's kind of the paradox honestly they say when you shift from like uh you know like a habit to a routine that requires uh, less conscious thought and so the idea is that uh the there's this balance of like converting habits. Oh, I'm watching that scene, by the way. The <laughs> oh, here we go. Did you see him? Oh, dude, best scene. His reaction when he sees the shark is priceless. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. We're going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, can you? Yeah, you're also going to need like. <laughs> Sorry. You're going to need a bazooka, dude. You're just going to need a straight up bazooka to find Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, you better just like. You should just call uh, Arnold. Arnold yeah, exactly. would come out of his chopper and just just start machine gunning it from the air. That would take <laughs> care of that shark, no problem. Um, uh, yeah. Can you describe the difference between a routine and a habit? 
Yes. Yeah. Well, and thanks for bringing that up. Um, so part of that book looked to teach people and equip them with like creating their so it's their own self care strategy, which includes um, potential for behavior change and experimentation. So I talk a lot about kind of what that science looks like and what the art of behavior change looks like. So as we approach it, understanding that there is a difference between habits and routines um, is really important. And so from what I've learned, what I've experimented with, um, people have different definitions of things, which you have yep. to keep in mind, but um, routine um, is something that uh, requires a little bit more intention. And when you are creating a routine, it's almost like intention is a part of it. Whereas like habits have intention, but they re- they're habitual in the sense that they're requiring little or no conscious thought, which can be a good thing if you want to clear out uh, the mind from having to remember to do the same thing over and over. Like if it's a habit, it takes less like mental energy, for example. Yeah. Um, and, and so you can use that for other things, like creating new routines. Um, but at the same time, like you can have unhealthy habits and you can have healthy habits. Um, and to, I'm a fan of the mindset around always considering the value of cycling on and off things, whether it's a new behavior, a new supplement, a new like lifestyle strategy, workout, et cetera. The cycling principle is really important. So does that answer your yeah. um, oh, question sure. about routine? So, so by cycling, you mean you, cause I think of you kind of in the same light as like a Tim Ferriss where you're a self experimenter. Is that fair to say? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's, uh, you know, I'm honored to be compared to Tim. I love his work and, um, yeah, we're, our work is, is very similar. And, uh, and he's his last book. I haven't read all of it yet, but, um, uh, you know, the four-hour the body t- by itself. The Tools of course. Titans, right, is his newest yeah, book? Yeah, Tools of Titans. Yeah. And, and, you know, he positions his book um, and his work great, right? So he interviews experts, and then they all have advice for the average person, right? Yeah. Um, and, of course, as this, this, Tim talks about in his interviews, about his book and, and the approach, like, um, it's all things are always dose and situation dependent, right? And so, like, part of my mission is not necessarily like, like, like give advice from the experts, but to um, empower and and really allow one to like create their own strategy through like principles, right? At least that's the position of my book. You know, I've really gone that route, um, and maybe you know down the road I'll interview a bunch of health experts, or we'll do a we'll all co-create a book about you know the top habits or changes that each of them made or that would suggest but you know the art of health hacking is is there is a lot of art to it in this book and um um uh but self-experimentation from a mindset standpoint is something that yeah tim and i both both embody what do you how do you relate to that um i want to ask you about your thoughts on that chris and specifically like how that plays a role within your teaching but also like using the context of Leonardo da Vinci and his story, which you're probably familiar with 
like one of our greatest artists of all time, which I start the book off with, a great little story. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, he is this the ultimate self-teacher and self-experimenter. I mean, people don't realize this. He was an artist by trade, but well, he was a lot of things by trade. And then he became a cadaver. He wanted to under, or he didn't become a cadaver. <laughs> well, technically, yeah. technically he did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is true. Eventually, Eventually he, he was a cadaver. Get a cadaver. <laughs> but he didn't operate on himself, so we don't think. <laughs> he wanted to learn how to paint the human frame better, so he got into anatomy and started like dissecting cadavers yeah. and analyzing the human body. It's so trippy. <laughs> and and now known for the Vitruvian Man, of course. So, what are your what are your thoughts within, like this balance of like, like teaching people, like facts, and then also empowering them to teach themselves. Yeah, I think the way I would relate it to teaching is well. First of all, I think that's a really excellent idea, and I think that's the way it should be done. Um, and the way I would relate to teaching is you're sitting in a classroom and there's 25 students and and you have 100 students throughout the day and each and every student is going to be different and they're going to have different needs they're going to have different backgrounds they're going to react to certain teachings differently and so what you're trying to do is you're trying to teach them the best way to teach themselves and that's what it kind mm-hmm. of sounds like you're shooting for with the book which is awesome. Yeah. And I think that's the best way to do it. I mean, I think there's a point, like you do need to have those things in there that are inspiring and really push people to take that first step. And then you also need to have the scaffolding in place to help them continue it, which is great. But everything that happens in the middle of inspiration and, and the scaffolding is going to be their own individual experience, if that makes sense. One hundred percent. So I think that's yeah. an excellent way to, to go about it. Um, Thanks, man. Yeah, man. Uh, so let me see what I've got. Oh, yeah. I mean, feel free to tell me to take this out or whatever, but I know you had some sort of health concern slash trip to the hospital um, like a couple of years ago or a year ago or something. How did that yeah. affect the path the book ended up taking <laughs> you're the first person to ask that question it's really a, it's a good good question champion um but yeah, yeah so dude i mean if if it's something you're uncomfortable talking about or whatever no it's a, i talk about it in the book i okay. mean I, it, it it you asked for what it did um it, it it inspired the book to continue to write itself um i was like about to send it to edit. Oh, really? And then I returned back from St. Croix, where I was with my family for the holidays. And it was a few days after that I had the the visit to the ER, where I passed out at brunch. And so that story, that experience, um, inspired me to keep writing because it took me further down the rabbit hole of health. And for me, it was approaching burnout and not, uh, and, and also learning about some key lifestyle changes that affected my health and that led me to the ER because, um, 
Yeah. So it, it, um, it impacted the book in a big way. It, it, I wrote probably another 25,000 words <laughs> and I've spent another year in writing it. Yeah. I went from three acts to five acts cause it's written in the outline of a play. Um, <laughs> so, um, thank you Shakespeare for the inspiration. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. So it's, uh, um, and do you know about, I mean, I, 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 I don't really, um, beyond the fact I've talked to, um, Calvin and Brandon yeah. and they kind of mentioned it. Definitely. So I, after I went to the, the ER, which I'll tell you how it happened in a second. Um, but I worked backwards to find out exactly what was going on inside my body connected with the lifestyle and like the habits that I was having in my days that contributed to this. Because I always ask myself, like, um, I don't, I don't necessarily get down on myself and like have negative self-talk. I'm very mindful of negative self-talk. However, in the self-coaching space that I explore and empowering people with adopting is like, how can they learn from that experience to prevent it from happening in, in the future? If it was, uh, a non-optimal experience, right? And so for me going to the ER, it was, <laughs> I wanted to learn how I could fix in the future. So, yeah. um, um, so I definitely learned a lot and, uh, but, but ultimately I go to the ER, the way it all started, uh, I was leading a bulletproof coffee demo at Lululemon in celebration of Valentine's day. That's the setup. For this. I know this podcast. <laughs> released like briefly after Valentine's Day this year. So None of those words um, our grandparents would have understood. You're like bulletproof right? coffee. Bulletproof coffee. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, I get Valentine's Day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, wait, wait. What is this like lemon with a Lulu? Is this some new flower? <laughs> and like bulletproof coffee. Like, what, what do, you, do you wear a bulletproof vest yeah. while drinking coffee? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and so for all the listeners that don't know, Bulletproof Coffee is is a coffee that is blended with butter and oil, which, I, uh, Chris, do you consume ever? You know, I've, I've, definitely ha- I've definitely had it before, and I've definitely at times have used it as a habit. But I know, um, I mean, I guess, no, explain it to me. I don't know much about it, to be honest yeah, with yeah. you. Yeah, you bet, you bet, you bet. So... <clears throat> Uh, so coffee, it is caffeine, which is a drug, um, and can um, you, we can have a healthy relationship with it, but a lot of people have an unhealthy relationship with it, and I was one of them. When I got back from Miami, I got introduced to um, Bulletproof from my buddy Ryan, and so I reached out to Bulletproof and told him about the work I was doing and the book I was writing, and that's when they invited me to become a, a uh, an ambassador. So I started really getting into the brand and the whole lifestyle of Bulletproof, which is all around um, how can we prevent disease? It's right. It's all about health optimization um, uh, and get, take control of your biology, as Dave likes to say from time to time. But it's also has principles of a nutrition way of eating that's high fat, low carbohydrate, moderate protein, known as a ketogenic diet. Yep. Um, and, and, but for lifestyle behavior, uh, it, ketogenic diet's been used a lot in therapeutic, um, 
uh, areas, whether it's anti-cancer, uh, uh, epilepsy, and like a, a lot of other areas that like for people that suffer with certain diseases, they benefit from ketogenic diet because what it does to shut off um, sugar in the body and shift the body from being a carb adapted to fat adapted. And um, without going into all the science, I dove headfirst into both that way of eating and consuming the bulletproof coffee, which both of those things naturally dehydrates you. Yeah. A ketogenic diet, uh, which can have health benefits to it, but you need to go about it in the right way. Yeah. And bulletproof coffee, which can have health benefits to it. You blend coffee, uh, which you already make the coffee. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not like coffee grounds. Um, <laughs> with grass-fed butter, high-quality butter from grass-fed cows. Okay. Which butter is actually, if you're going to have dairy, it's one of the like the healthier dairies you can have. It, it has no protein uh, and no carbohydrates, uh, so there's no lactose. There's no inflammation that comes from butter. There, there can be a little bit. Um, uh, so if you can't do butter, you can do ghee because there's less inflammation from the fat. And butter, so butter is just fat, right? So grass-fed butter specifically is better than grain-fed because it has a, a better omega-3 to omega-6 ratio, um, i.e. the uh, omega-3s are, are higher and, and omega-3s are better to have. Whereas if you, if you look at the ratios, and yeah, if you yeah. also compare the grass-fed to the grain-fed for like your, our listeners here, for those of them that haven't looked at it, if you pick up like a Kerrygold grass-fed butter, for example, in the fridge, and you hold it up next to a grain-fed like standard butter, the hue of the butter, that one butter is like like creamy yellow, yeah, which grass-fed, yeah, and the other one white, white. I <laughs> yeah, noticed that, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so. Anyways, you blend butter with MCT oil, which is medium chain triglyceride, highly concentrated coconut oil, basically. Okay. Um, what happens with the body there? The body, because the MCTs are in that are in the form they are, because um, of the machine and how they process it, it requires less enzymes in the body to break it down. MCT oil is liquid at room temperature, um, and so it can bypass the gallbladder through the digestive process and enter into the bloodstream much quicker. Okay. So that's why a lot of people like it because it can turn, it can cross the blood brain barrier and, and like turn the brain on um, a lot and can get the body into a fat burning state and give good energy from the fat. So there's a lot of healthy benefits to it. Um, and watch out for the caffeine and your <laughs> dependence, right? So the principle of cycling, like I didn't cycle off bulletproof coffee enough and and the ketogenic diet and i wasn't eating enough salt and i paid the price i went to the hospital um for low sodium um after that morning and i was out to brunch with my family and i literally start passing out come to all fours all four floors on the oh my on god the floor. dude <laughs> yeah and my sister helps me over to the to the to the booth and she gives me a little benadryl she thinks it's a food allergy right oh, okay she like and stab you with an EpiPen or something? Two. Two? I got an EpiPen in my right leg, and then 20 minutes later, an EpiPen in my left no leg. No way. Yeah. Yeah, so the they were children's dosages. But, but still, man, still. you're getting stabbed in the leg. It's not like a children's dose of being stabbed in the leg. But granted, the first, first one I didn't see coming, and when you don't see <laughs> an EpiPen coming, 
your pain receptors aren't prepared. Okay. So it's painful. The second one I saw coming, so I prepared him. <laughs> like, ah! ah! Why? And, and then, yeah. No! Oh, um, man. Anyways, yeah. So two days after that episode, so I you, had a... You were just kind ahead. of like overdoing it on the coffee. Yes. Okay. Overdoing it on the coffee. So, so, yeah. So basically, I started learning a lot about like hydration and proper mineralization okay. and how it works together. I'm by no means no no expert. I, I I've become an expert in my own. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. That's kind of how I like to to delineate it for people. Um, but yeah, uh, sodium was deathly low at 129. My wife would know that. I, I have no idea. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, the optimal range is like 135. To okay. 140. Okay. So potassium chloride were a little bit low, but basically it was, I was. Ketogenic diet dehydrated me, which I pulled out hydrating foods from because it requires eating less fruit. Gotcha. Um, and around my workouts, I didn't get enough electrolytes in general, and I wasn't eating enough salt in general. Regardless of the diet we're on, salt is essential, right? High-quality salt. And as you can probably relate to as the crazy adventure that you are, how much <laughs> salt you have to be mindful of getting with Definitely. how much you move your body. Um, but uh, people don't always realize that. And so high quality, like intentional use of salt is so important. Um, and cultivating the intuition to listen to when your body is craving salt, that that's not a bad thing, that that means that your body most likely requires that for yeah. optimal, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's kind of hard too when you're starting a new diet, especially yes. any diet. and you don't necessarily know the healthy way to do it yet, you know, cause you hear all, all about, you know, junk food, vegans and, you know, totally. what, I mean the ketogenic thing would be very hard to get right. And I can't imagine in the first month you're doing it in the, you know, you're getting the right amount of calories, the right levels of fats and everything. I'm sure it's very difficult to do. It is, man, totally, and, and and you can also like you have to be mindful of like not eating enough, not like you want to eat enough protein, but you also don't want to eat too much. Yeah, <laughs> sweet spot. You want to get enough fat, definitely, um, but you also want to be mindful of like, do I have an APOE gene, which is the genetic marker for not being able to metabolize high fat diets as well. Okay. Um, and so, what are your micronutrients? testing like what's your heart health testing look like right and having this baseline i didn't have any of these baselines until i got into this like experimenting with diet and so now like i do the lab work once a year in my life at least to have a full understanding of where things stand based on the lifestyles that i'm living yeah so do you do you keep a journal and just write down what you what your nutrition is and how you feel on that day when i'm actively tracking yeah yeah okay not always actively tracking um the journal i'm always taking into consideration is like <laughs> this is gonna be cliche the journal of like the breath and like feeling in the body yeah, okay. of like that's not cliche i mean yeah it's like in, like daily intuition to, to feel what the body needs in the moment yeah um uh i'm just starting to dive into the whole living like 
like approaching nutrition through intuition, approaching movement through intu- intuition, like really allowing ourselves to like get deep uh, and with our breath into our body has been freeing for me. And so, um, but I've definitely, I, I have been tracking the supplements I take um, and it's and depending on the specific ones and how often I cycle on and off, um, stuff like that. But I'm not overly like, like anal and critical about it. And that's part of the art yeah. to the health hacking approach. So, Definitely, man. I mean, yeah. you can't be critical about it too much because that's just going to act as a roadblock for you. Because, you know, if you're trying to start a new diet and then you mess up one day and then you're really critical and you're like, talking negative talk to yourself and you're just like you piece of crap <laughs> why'd you eat that exactly. hamburger uh or whatever exactly. pizza you know it's a way to just completely throw you off what you're trying to accomplish um Total. so when you're talking about cycling can you just give me an idea so let's i just, I just kind of want to hear about this like let's say you hear about some sort of health benefit thing <laughs> right and then you you try it. How long do you try it for until you reevaluate? And and have, yeah. you, have you had things that you've tried that haven't worked or you you didn't feel a benefit from? Good question. Um, um, yes and yes. Uh, great question. So um, I have... Uh, done like little sprints of challenges, whether it's like a seven day commitment of like cold water, like cold showers, for example, like hot, cold shower, like I'm in the change. middle of that right now and it sucks. <laughs> yeah. Cold water therapy. Yeah. Right. Especially you're in the, you're in the winter. Yeah. But I figured, the... I figured out. So I need like, I need to blast like seventies or eighties, like hard rock. <laughs> dude, <laughs> you just said it, dude. Part of my, part of my whole thing, dude, is like, like the whole art of health hacking includes a big part of, you know, we talk about writing and yeah. which is an art creating, but like listening to music to like create the state your yeah. body like desires. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. That I figured out that. So I figured out the very best song for cold showers is called immigrant song by Led Zeppelin because the very, it's the one that's like, ah, and then it's like, I come from the land of the ice and snow. And I'm like, ice and snow. This is like the cold shower. <laughs> Dude, that's great. Spotify yeah. or? Uh, I don't. Yeah, I think that's. Yeah, that's what I've been doing it on. Yeah. But yeah, man. Uh, it's funny, though. You're right. If you play a certain song, it does get you in the right mood to do something. Obviously, if you're doing yoga, you're not playing you know, hard rock or gangster rap or whatever, you know, that would be a great commercial. It's like, <laughs> like getting the bros, CrossFit bros doing yoga to some crazy music <laughs> with like a Dalai Lama or the shaman, like blessing him with incense and essential oil. <laughs> Just rocking out. Yeah. yeah that'd be cool. Are you ready to take your bro <laughs> to another level? <laughs> Get your bro on. Dude, I'm sure I guarantee you there's some yoga class like that. I guarantee it. Because there's like yoga with goats now and beer yoga. (laughs) Yoga with goats. Have you seen that? No. You haven't seen that? 
is I, I'm pretty sure it's in Oregon. So if you're ever up in Oregon, please try Yoga with Goats. I'm I sure there's a better to name that. too, but but yeah, man. So what uh, what have you tried that didn't necessarily work for you? Yeah, um, hmm, that's a really good question. Well, and the whole idea that you are trying these things, I think, is what you're trying to promote here is that you should go after um and try new things and expand your mind and i'll tell you what didn't work for me is is um um trying to like do more in less time okay the optimizing we can look at like our relationship with time which plays a role in that right um which i talk about a little bit in the book but like Mostly it's like a relationship with the things and experiences that fall into time and space um, that impact our health, right? So like food, relationships, water, light, et cetera. Um, And so what didn't work for me is trying to do more in less time and try to... um, uh, try to travel too much. I I honestly uh, was just... uh, Whenever something goes wrong, it usually has to do with like stress, and that's why my intention is to like always assess my stress. I have a chapter called um, "Assess Your Stress" uh, and dude, have people rhyming. take a break. I know, right? <laughs> dude, just call me Doctor Stu. Sarah, my editor, gives me crap for it. Um, but she laughs, a, but then she gives me crap for it. No, it's a great way. It's a great way to remember the main idea of the chapter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know Sarah. This from you know this from teaching. Yeah, man. You got to get yeah. those ideas to dig in, you know? Totally. 100%. Yeah, so assess your stress. So um, in the moment or like at certain times of the day for people, if they can like if – if we can find as a collective the times of days where we stress out the most – and reflect on those experiences to see how we can prevent those from happening in the first place. Oh man, yeah. we'd have like better relationships, like better like quality of work, like get better quality of sleep, feel better when we wake up, like all those things. Like uh, it comes down so much to stress, you know? Yeah, well, that's funny because I, I don't want to keep relating it back to my teaching experiences, but. Um... But, so I had three years in uh, Danville, Virginia, and the school, I mean, it was, it was a big adjustment for me. Um, so the first year was kind of rough. Second year was better. But the third year seemed to go as smoothly as it possibly could go, you know, where, like, in my classroom, it was just stress-free for the most part. I mean, it was eighth graders. But it was just a nice, peaceful environment. And I kind of attribute it to what you're just talking about right now. Um, I called it pre-mortem instead of post-mortem. So post-mortem would be like, what killed this guy? And pre-mortem would be like, how do I prevent dying? (laughs) Whoa, that's (laughs) a great defense. Yeah, and so I would do that. I did that before my, my third year there. And I just started the... I'm like, you know what? Part of the problem is the kids push your limits and test your boundaries. And what if I just came in day one and I'm like, hey, here's a list of things that annoy me. Please don't do them. (laughs) And just by doing that and just by being clear with the other people 
in my life, which were my students at the time, um, being clear of my expectations and my stress, what would trigger me, basically, um, it made it a lot more peaceful. So you can kind of do that with your health and your relationships and your workout you set, routines. You set the intention. Yeah. You reflected and got clear, and then you set your intention with people around you that are going to be a part of your experience. And and that's you can do the same in your health, like you said. That's wow, that's awesome, man. Yeah. So what did you or I guess could you just give me an idea of what your routines would be like? I know sure. you're on this crazy road trip right now, but yeah. Uh, um, I try to look at the sun within the first 45 minutes of waking up every morning. Like I mean, it's 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 something that like re- literally rejuvenates me. I can get in the sun within the first hour. And I like this morning I'm at an Airbnb and um, I, I had to I switched a load of laundry to get my clothes dry enough before the conference. So I did that first thing in the morning. I got I got water, did some like light breath and light kind of stretch movement and uh, may have taken a, uh, a few supplements. I got a decaf coffee going. And I went outside and grounded in the grass and in the sun for only like six or seven minutes. But man, those six or seven minutes made a world of difference. Um, so, I mean, there's an energetic, electromagnetic like pulse and connection that we have to the earth. And it's, it's real. And so, like, that's, that's why, like, flying can really throw people off because you're, you're that far away from earth and, and when you come back down to reintegrate, like jet lag can get you. Um, so, so that's, that was actually important for me to make sure I got grounding in right after I flew. Um, and I guess from there, like I didn't eat today. I had an exogenous <laughs> ketone supplement. Okay. I just ate dinner right before this. I didn't eat like lunch. Yeah. Um, um, trying to, yeah, I had Keto OS from Prove It, which is an exogenous uh, ketone supplement, uh, beta-hydroxybutyrate. So there's some BHB salts in there, um, mostly mostly fat with exogenous ketone that turns on the brain some more um, and give me a lot of energy. Uh, and what about which exercise? Have, like what kind of exercise? Yeah. Yes. So I did some light movement in the morning, like a few quick like. Resistance stretching um, and a little bit of yoga flow. Um, I don't know if you've experimented with resistance stretching before, um, but it's the idea of when you you know you're gonna instead of just putting full force in one direction for a muscle and see how hard you can push it, you meet the arm with you meet the pressure with it. So as you move, you're receiving pressure from both ways. Okay, and it can help to elongate. Um, the muscle. Uh, so I learned that from learned that from uh, uh, the genius of flexibility guys, um, which are based out of Santa Barbara, and there's other uh, DTC method is another method of stretching. So I did a little bit of that, um, and then some yoga flow. Uh, I my right hip goes in and out, so I learned from a physical therapist some self care exercises I can do that are like all body weight and simple to help. Um, uh, ensure that the the hip joint's not coming in and out, and yeah. the socket's not. So I do a little bit of that. I look to do like two to three strength training exercises a week, 
in the gym or out of the gym, I'm looking to spend, be less dependent on the gym. Yeah. Um, That's huge. Yeah. Because once right? you can do it wherever, it's so much easier. <laughs> Dude, so body weight. So talk about pre-mortem stuff. My buddy Dan Noyce, who's uh, um, out of Chicago, he's like a level three, level four, like um, personal trainer at Equinox Fitness in Chicago. Great functional movement trainer. And he's like trained in FMS with like Gary Cook and like knows that stuff really well. Um, and he recently showed me some new exercises that he's been learning based on what are the final movements that if people are not able to do towards the end of life, it leads them like closer to death and not being able to live. And, and one of the fundamental areas is if someone falls later in life, their increased risk of death goes up yeah. dramatically. So balance and ability to stand up on your own from the floor to standing position might seem easy to a lot of people. It might seem hard for some. Either way, it's it's integral, it's foundational, it's fundamental that I've, I'm now doing some like, like get off the ground with no hands sort of exercise. Yeah. You know? Well, it's Stuff fun like too. You're like being creative as you're trying to stand up if you you know you can do you can stand up in so many different ways and just doing those yeah. movements helps helps keep your mobility and, and so you can flow with it you can like you said be creative you don't have to follow an exact plan yeah you can have an idea of the muscles you want to work and work them but listen to your body and flow with it yeah. do you uh yeah. do you do any cardio work at all or you know, I do a little bit. Um, I'm more focused on fixing key injuries right now yeah, okay. in my body. So I'm laying off like some of the cycling yeah. and some of the hit hit training I've done. I love swimming. Um, my stroke could be better. Uh, it's decent, um, yeah. but it's such a flow state exercise. Um, and, you know, I'll do some sprints okay. from now and then. Now and then. Um um, yeah, I like sprinting, but I don't, I use, I've done one marathon, so that's the longest that I've done, which, which marathon? compared to doing, I did with Brian Appleton, we okay. did the coast to coast cancer oh, marathon, cool. the group in Iowa above and beyond cancer, um, which is a group dedicated to helping, uh, cancer patients and their people and colleagues and families, um, like create life beyond cancer. And so yeah. they have a great foundation and you've probably heard of them. Yeah. They summit um, like they've gone, yeah. they've done Kilimanjaro, Everest base camp. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So the, what I did with them was this coast to coast marathon where 40 people each ran a marathon, um, over 40 days or like 160 people over 40 days, four marathons a day. That's and you cool, hand man. off a baton to the next person. No way. West coast. Those was legit, dude. Yeah, we had we had prayer flags in each baton. It was so inspirational, man. That's I, really cool. So, yeah. was anyone? Were you running in the middle of the day, or were you running at night? Yeah, like, in the middle it, of the in the middle of the desert <laughs> in Utah. Like, it was hey, man, that's where my the, next race is. For really? real? Yeah, dude. It's a uh, it's Monument Valley. It's the to the funny fact that I've just learned about it. It's where Forrest Gump stopped running. So, <laughs> way yeah i want to go wait when is that it's uh it's 37 days away i have a count okay um yeah man 
one of my buddies is uh is running his very first race there he's doing a half marathon 14.5 miles and i talked him into the desert i'm like come on man just do do your race in the middle of the desert you'll be fine (laughs) oh my god yeah so that's awesome dude so how did you uh how did you feel after that? Like, do you want to do another one eventually oh, when your I hips was, better? Girl, I was coming off of, like, high-intensity insanity oh, training. Yeah. And my joints were destroyed. My knee was hurting. <laughs> but I survived. Yeah, um, yeah I'm, I'm still fixing a few things, man. And, and I'm actually, I might make a stop in Austin while I'm down in this area and hit up um, one of the companies that I use. Uh, like as one of my go-tos for um, rehab and physical performance. They're called New Fit. Okay. Uh, NEU.fit is their website. Okay. Um, Garrett, who's a good friend of mine, is um, uh, founder and uh, top on-site trainer and, and, and uh, practitioner for New Fit, and they combine electrical stimulation to administer and put nodes, plastic nodes on part. Oh, you just turned your mic off somehow. <laughs> um, I still can't hear you though. Uh, no. Hey, there you go. Now hey, I can hear you. hey, and we're live. <laughs> In a world where one man goes mute for 10 seconds. <gasps> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I would be remiss to not ask you about being herky ah yes totally man well herky <laughs> i love that you just asked that i brought that up and i was just on a podcast with uh the two fit guys yeah um good crew i want to come back to the new fit stuff though okay new sorry fit, electrical stimulation they use direct current uh electrical stimulation to like send you current of energy and jolt your body in specific pain areas while you move through. So in physical therapy, they have what are called like TENS machines, which are like um, alternating current. Uh, And they're mostly just to mask the pain and not do deep healing and rehab therapy. Uh, Direct current allows for deeper um, therapy and stretching of the muscle, elongation of the muscle fibers, um, and healing and this company new fit attaches these nodes have you move through this machine can dial in the level of direct current that they send you there's a picture on my instagram that, that you can that people can check out and, and it's a picture of me getting like <laughs> like zapped basically while i like move through the pain in the shoulder blade yeah and Dude, it's like next generation like rehab and physical performance. You would love this stuff. That's cool, man. I probably need to go in, actually. I've been thinking about doing some physical therapy. Um, yeah, man, what's uh nice. I, I do I wanna get all the all the plugs in Social. for the book and stuff and your Instagram. Um Yeah, yeah. So TJ Anderson Live. Okay. Instagram and um you know, I'm twenty eight. I didn't I'm not like the young bucks that grew up with this like in high school um but they got I'm, some weird stuff that i'm like what <laughs> i don't understand what you guys are doing the the house party app are we gonna have a party in a house <laughs> yeah. on a phone wait what <laughs> yeah there's a lot man um yeah. oh by the way i'm just watching the part in in jaws where they just they killed, killed the shark they killed him yeah yeah 
Um, so anyways, that's the, the Instagram. I'm Thomas Joel Anderson on Facebook. Okay. TJ in IRL. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, uh, my website is, this is TJ.com. Um, and it, uh, the pub publisher is the name of the platform that the book is launching. So I'm pre-ordering the book. People can't like buy and have it shipped to them right away, but they can pre-order it right now. It's about 90 for 5% finished. Okay. And this crowdfunding platform connects authors with publishers. So they're a digital literary agency as well as a crowdfunding platform. So, um, I think something like the first 20 or so people get the book at like 15 or 20 and then the next, uh, bunch and then it goes up to 25 then there's other packages where you can buy multiple books and like gift them out to like friends and family oh, cool. the whole idea is to like book club this with friends and families because uh, it's designed to be kind of done together um, so yeah awesome so publishizer.com I'll give all the information in the beginning and the end so yeah we'll, we'll know where okay. to go um, yeah so Herky <laughs> Herky yeah, so I was a college mascot, and that's what you're referring to. Yes. I was, I was Perky the Hawk, which I, is I for whatever reason my wife remembered that she remembers like the weirdest things about everybody, and I, I was telling her I'm like, oh yeah, I'm talking to TJ tomorrow night. What should we talk about? And she's like, make sure you mention Herky. And I was like, uh, I forgot I, all about that. <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh man. So yeah, just a couple quick questions, like. Do you think that kind of, I mean, as a mascot, you are entertaining people, you are positive and uplifting, you are putting yourself out there. I mean, has that played into your personality or did you go into that because of your personality? Oh, shit. Deep questions. Deep questions about Herky. <laughs> I think I went in, I think both. Okay. I think I went in because of my personality and, and then I have evolved in a way based on that experience a little bit too. Right? Yeah. So very, um, so I was in show choir in high school and regular choir, but I was in like football, baseball track. So I was athletic and artistic and I loved kind of being big and moving big. And so my dad was the mascot. He was Herky the Hawk as well. No way. You're second generation Herky. Second generation Herky, man. It runs in the family. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, and I tried out. I made the squad. And his mask, his fraternity housed the mascot originally. And then the athletic department took it over. So I joined. I did it for about three years. And we did all sports. Yeah. But it was a hoot. The head, though, here's one thing a lot of people don't realize. Like, some mascots can get injured. And that's unfortunately what happened to me. No way. I I had to, I had to, I had to put my, I had to hang the feathers up at a young age. <laughs> uh, I had to, I had to, um, I had to suit up one final time after uh, uh, some some nerve issues I had. No way, because of the just the, I mean, how much did it weigh? I have C six, C seven issues, and C one issues. The head was like forty five pounds. Oh, I. I had sciatic issues in college. Yeah. And, and the athletic department, um, well, let's just say they didn't 
um, handle the situation as well as they could have, and I was left with $850 bill uh, in college. And anyway, that's like but, a million uh, dollar bill when you're in college. It was a million dollars, <laughs> dude. There's so many millions. Exactly. What's, what's one good memory from being Herky? Oh, man. Just one? Or a couple. <laughs> I hate when people ask that. Yeah. Oh shoot. Uh, let me. No, 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 no. I've got a few. I've got a few. Um, definitely riding out on the surfboard in front of seventy thousand fans. That's be cool. If you YouTube, just so I did that like two or three times total. If you YouTube Sean Green touchdown run against Purdue. Okay. One of his famous touchdown runs. You'll see me greeting Sean Green, who played. In the NFL, as a he was almost yeah, a Heisman he winner. Heisman winner, exactly. Wait, almost a Heisman. <laughs> almost, he was like something runner up or something. Sure, one man. He had like ninety touchdowns that year or something. Maybe yeah. like thirty. Still, he was a maybe. beast, man. And one of his touchdowns, he met me in the end zone, and I gave him a pseudo high five. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, cool, that's good yeah. yeah, dude. Well, man, it's been so. First of all, it's just been good to catch up. Um, but second of all, you know, thank you for for contributing to to the Like a Bigfoot podcast. Um, I know your that's friend, cool yeah. yeah, your friend Melissa um, has been a guest on the podcast, and she recommended you, and uh, it was hilarious because I was like, yeah, I know TJ. <laughs> Wow, what a small world. Yeah, and I was thinking about, um, you know, having you on for when your book was released, and I just didn't realize it was coming up so soon, so. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's going to be a 30-plus day campaign, and and I appreciate you supporting, man, and and people can check out a book, and there's some other packages in there. I'm rolling out some new programs. Um, uh, One's going to be called the 7-Day Health Hacker Challenge. Um, each day is going to have two fundamental areas of health uh, to explore everything from like light, water, and food, and fasting, and uh, etc. So, oh, cool. yeah, going to be a lot in that. And then I'm going to do a live event at the end of April uh, called Elevate Your State Live. So it's going to be a three-day like experiential health and performance retreat. Uh, kind of an indoor, outdoor sort of get off the grid and learn and grow at the same time yeah. experience. Where's um, that going to be at? That's going to be sold within the crowdfunding campaign as well. Okay. Um, at five hundred. Where Where is it located, though? Oh, San Diego. Oh, San Diego. Okay, perfect, man. That'd be awesome. Exact, yeah, the exact details are coming, but um, yeah, uh, pretty excited about that. And yeah, because the subtitle of the book is How to Elevate Your State of Health and Performance, Stress Less, and Build Healthy Habits That Matter. Okay. Perfect. So, well, yeah, hey, man, man I'm going to be buying it. Uh, can you go on Thanks. now? Like right now or? Uh, when this is out, uh, is out on the 22nd, perfect. by the 22nd, um, the, the book will be live on the 22nd of February. All right, man. Well, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'm putting this out uh, next. Well, let me look. On the, I could put it out the 22nd if you want to, man. That'd be rad, man. Okay. Yeah. The goal is to get 500. So here's another side story that's fun. My dad wrote his first book 
at uh, the same age as I am, and he got connected <laughs> from a publisher. So um, what was my goal? His book was called Check the Oil. Okay. It's about the old antique gas station uh, industry, and he's like an expert on gas, gas and oil, and gas pump parts. Um, and he wrote his first book and had a formal publisher at 28. And now my goal is to pre-sell. If I pre-sell 500 books uh, over the next 30 days, I'll get connected with a formal publisher, and that's the goal. And that's so. an unbelievable, heartwarming story. <laughs> <laughs> right? I yeah. swear, I can't make this shit up. <laughs> All right, man. It was a pl- it was awesome talking to you, and uh, and we'll uh, we'll we'll send this out on the 22nd then. Likewise, brother. Thank you for your time and um, keep doing your great work. Totally. Thanks. Go check out The Art of Health Hacking and you can go to publishizer.com. Bingo. (laughs) See you, man. Peace. All right. Big thanks to TJ Anderson. Go check his book out. It's going to be good, man. Here, I'll read you the description of the chapters really quick. Oh, man. I said that. And I paused it so I could look up the na- like all the chapters. And there's a lot of them. But hold on, because they're all good. And he has a specific talent for chapter names. <laughs> so there's Act 1, Act 2, Act 3, Act 4, Act 5. So Act 1, Part 1, Goodbye Sick Care, Hello Self Care. Part 2, Beyond the Physical, Health Redefined. Part 3, Hacking and Tracking Changes Everything. And then now we're on Act 2. Part one, what is health hacking? Part two, behavior change 101, health coaching to self-coaching. That right there is the big idea of the book, how to coach yourself to find out what works best for yourself. That's amazing. That's awesome idea. That's why I think the book's going to be really good. And that's why I'm going to donate to his publishizer campaign and get the book myself. Uh, Act two, part three, what's your story? How to approve thyself and improve thy health. Come on, dude. Wordplay. It's so good. Uh, (laughs) Act three, part one, the circle of clarity. Get real with how you feel. Act three, part... My daughter right now, if you can hear in the background, she's getting real with how she feels about Sesame Street ending. (laughs) Uh, Act 3, Part 2, You're Not Alone, The Power of God and Close Relationships. Act 3, Part 3, Define Your Why. Why your motive means everything. Side note, that means actually taking your time to figure out what in the world your motive is, which is very important. Act 4, Part 1, Take a Break and Take a Breath. How to assess and express this thing we call stress. Oh, man, (laughs) So much rhyming in that one, TJ. (laughs) Um, Act four, part two. Measure what matters. Advanced blood testing and hacking your genetics. That is going to be really interesting. Uh, Act four, part three. How to build your healthcare team. Um, And finally, act five, part one. The paradox of goals. This was the section about habits, routines, and feedback loops. Act five, part two is about the daily routine. So how are you consciously forming good habits? And then part three is get off the grid. 
this could be the like a Bigfoot war cry because <laughs> it's about disconnecting with tech and reconnecting with nature. I don't know if it was necessary to read off every chapter title, but I thought I would because if any of those concepts speak to you <laughs> or connect with some sort of goal you're pursuing, you should for sure support TJ's crowdsourcing on publishizer.com. If there's one thing I'm really a proponent for, it's supporting people's dreams, especially if those dreams can actually benefit you. And first of all, you heard on the podcast, TJ is just like the nicest dude in the whole world. So why wouldn't we want to help him? But also, I believe his book is going to have some really solid ideas. So check that out. As for me, on my path towards the Monument Valley 50 miler in 33 days, I'm, I'm doing okay. <laughs> That's the like in, <laughs> the huge self-support I'm giving myself right now. I'm doing all right. Um, I definitely need to nail nutrition. I had a two-year-old, my two-year-old, now she's a three-year-old. I had her birthday yesterday and I just dominated the cake, which without getting into the gory details, destroyed my stomach. <laughs> so definitely need to work on nutrition. I have my longest training runs, my last long training runs this weekend and I'm meeting a buddy in Boulder and I've been looking at this like front range trail running book to see where I want to run and do I would love to do a long run like a long long run Saturday and then uh, another shorter run Sunday would be great but I'm looking at this book and I'm pretty sure I found the absolute hardest one and so I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna propose it to my buddy and we will see if we do it but if we do i'll let you know and basically it just goes over the top of every mountain right near boulder so should be sweet so yeah hopefully you guys are out there pursuing your own goals and you know all the fun peaks and valleys of struggles and successes and victories and all the amazingness that happens to you in life when you're not being complacent and you're actually going after a goal. Um, as for the podcast, you can check out all of our episodes. We're on SoundCloud. We're on iTunes. Honestly, last week I did this whole long speech where I said like a Bigfoot 20 times. This week, and I have, a, I have my six-month-old here. She's teething, so she's super happy. Um... <laughs> So we'll make it short. This week, go to www.likeabigfoot.com. All the stuff's there. All right, guys. Peace.